Hi, this is Kylie Gable, and welcome to another episode of the Feminization Boudoir Podcast. For the second week in a row, we actually have an interview. This time, our interview is with Mistress DJ. Hey, DJ. Hey, Kylie. What are you up to? Well, as you know, um, you know, I, uh, I've been procrastinating a lot this week. And... Um, <laughs> You know, you you are well aware of my pro, my procrastination. I, uh, I I have been known to receive more than one uh, picture of a burning couch <laughs> sent to me in the past. By more than a few. Yes, more than a few. More than a few. Um, but I'm. It's kind of like the end of summer, so I'm kind of like having my summer vacation, and at the same time trying to get a lot of errands done. And the one thing I didn't get to this week was mailing out audios to all my narrators. And uh, I decided which ones they should each be getting next. And I did that like last week. And um, I've talked to Raina. She's excited. I've talked to Shayla. She's excited. I haven't talked to Jen yet, but I will be doing that. I think we're, we're good to go, except they don't have audios. And without audios, they can't record audios. Mm. Okay. We have, uh, you know, we're going to do something a little different than I was planning this week. We're going to do the fourth part of my junior year of college stories, um, Sissy House Rules. And uh, that will, you know, that will be what we'll do this week. And then hopefully we'll have some some new stuff coming in beginning next week. I'm going to, like, beg and plead with Raina to to try to get the first one done. And I'm pretty sure Shayla can can crank them out, too. Shayla's gotten really fast at this. All-star orators, that's for sure. I've got a great bunch, and and you're definitely included in that. Now, DJ does not do as many of the audios as some of my other narrators. Why is that? I just cannot tolerate listening to my own voice to do the editing. So when I get a longer story, that means I have to listen to myself drone on and on, faux pas, errors, misspeaking, and all. And it just makes it torturous to me. So I like the shorter stories. <laughs> See, so everybody out there who's hearing your lovely voice now is thinking, what the heck is she talking about? But yeah, uh, you know, I, I've known a lot of people like this, and, and I even get like this a little bit where you just don't like the sound of your own voice. Uh, recorded and so editing and going over it and over and over it can get really annoying so um we're trying we're going to do something a little bit different dj and i uh, we've talked about this um i want to try doing some shorter audios i'm talking like two minute audios three minute audios um i'll put them up and sell them for like two dollars but it's also just to kind of give people an idea of, of what we're doing without spending a lot of money. That's kind of what this whole podcast is about is before you plonk down $15 to buy an audio, you're not going to hear the best parts of it, but you'll get a good idea of what it's like. And so I'm really excited in doing that. And DJ has said she's willing to, to do the recordings on that. I think some of these short stories will be exciting little teasers, you know, maybe a, a scene in there. You never know what you're going to get. So I, I think it's going to be exciting. I look forward to doing them. And you've done uh, several, like, five- and ten-minute recordings for me for, like, customs and stuff, some of which we've played on here. So, you know, this will probably make – at least some of them are going to definitely make it onto, onto this podcast as well. 
Exciting. Stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the other thing it lets me do, too, I, I often talk with, with people, especially with my narrators, about, like, how I envision Candy Apple Press. And one of the things that, to me, is really important is we have a, a core. We have, like, what our stories are generally. And that is intelligent, with a plot, with actual characters, stories of female domination, and usually forced feminization. That's the bullseye. That's where we're targeting. Hmm. What about people that maybe aren't into the forced part of that? Or what about people that, you know, they're a little bit off of the mark, we'll say, just a little bit east or west of it or something like that. What do you have for them? So and that, that comes up. Now, I have a story coming up that's actually a commission that's sort of a mind control story. It's feminization. It is domination. But it's not like our normal stories. And so, like I said, the bullseye is that female domination, forced feminization story. But we're going to have other stories, and I think we'll have more of that as we go forward. And we'll definitely with these shorter ones, where maybe... There isn't all that dressing up, but there's still that female domination. Or maybe there's dressing up, but it's not quite as forced. Those are what I call, like, adjacent kinks. In other words, okay, female domination and forced feminization is the center, but female domination with maybe not quite the feminization element is close. I Mm -hmm. mean, you know, something with tentacles or furries or... You know, any any other these fetishes, I'm not kink shaming, but that are just very different from what we do, we're probably not going to be going there. But things that are kind of close, that I think there's a carryover audience for, we'll do a little bit over there. Our center is still, though, the female domination, forced feminization. Hmm, okay. Yeah. There's going to be a few adjacent kinks and fetishes. That's right. Good. Yeah. And, you know. DJ has said this before on here, but she's not really big on the whole sissy thing. <sighs> Only certain kinds of sissies. <laughs> but you often said that you enjoy my stories. I do. They're femdom. They're femdom oriented, so I do enjoy right. your stories. So yeah. it's more. It's just a different focus. And so, um, you know, we're, we're, with with that, it means that. My stories, you know, have a certain element of, of, of feminization to them. It's a big part of the story, but there's also that female domination thing. And so, you know, I'm not going to be changing a whole lot, but I might try venturing off a little bit. And I'll whatever I do, it'll be really clearly in the description because I don't want somebody who is looking for one type of story to accidentally buy another story. That's fair. That's disheartening. (laughs) You're looking for something something completely opposite. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and even if you get your money back, it's still, it's, you don't want to do that. So I'll try to make sure that that's very clear. Mm, That's good. Yeah. But we're going strong. Our podcast is now back up. It took a while to get back up this season, but we're, we're back where we were last season in terms of the, you know, how many people we had listening. And there's like 2,500 people listening a week now which to me is huge and our we got a really nice um 
we got a really nice review left for us on Apple Podcasts this week. I wanted to thank the person who did that. Oh, so, wonderful. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're getting there. And I, and I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Um, now, I will tell you, DJ is a wonderful, wonderful, kind person. But she's also kind of my enforcer. Uh, <laughs> when I feel like I'm not being accountable, I will have her be the person to ensure that I'm being accountable. So I have her today partly so that I know next week we will have a new audio that isn't another part in this series because I, I, I'm dead set. I'm, you know, three parts felt like a good amount. We're kind of stretching it with four. There's good stuff all the way through the series, but you know, if you like the series, you've probably bought them already. And if you don't like the series, then I don't want to, you know, bore you with another part of it. But I always love my college stories because they're autobiographical. Well, it is Shayla reading them. You can't go wrong there either. Shayla's got a great voice. I mean, everybody's got a great voice that, that reads for me. Yeah. Um, the one thing I will say that I like is, you know, Shayla's got that that Southern thing, that Texan thing that's, that's really fun. And yep. it's fun to listen to her voice. It really is. Um, you know? I think that we've got, you know, a different type of voice from from Raina, who's a bit deeper. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I think Jen does really, really good with those authoritarian figures. Very much um, so. You know, yeah. headmistress type. You know, we've got such just such varied, varied, you know, voices. And I think that's that's fun. I think it adds a real richness and variety to Candy Apple Press. Thank you. So I, w- I just want to thank you for stopping by, DJ, because I just wanted to, you know, just kind of touch up with things. And, and it's always easier to do it talking to you than just talking into a microphone. <laughs> well, sounds great. Glad I could uh, be featured this week. That's kind of fun. Go. I'm to be a popping guest. Woo-hoo. <laughs> I like the guests, and I think other people do, too. I was worried last week, as I said, I, I, we, I had Shayla on, and we just got talking, as we do sometimes. And it went on for you know, a half hour, and I'm like, oh, I hope this isn't going to bore people. But I look at how where people are, like, tuning out or fast-forwarding or whatever, and I had pretty good, you know, pretty good following all the way through. So I hope you're enjoying these interviews because they're a lot of fun for me to do, too. So. All right. Well, I'll be on my way and let you wrap up whatever you're doing, Kylie. All right. Thank you, DJ. And um, coming up right now, here is Shayla with Part 4 of uh, the Sissy House Rules. The Sissy House Rules, Part 4, written by Kylie Gable, narrated by Shayla Aspasia. Just like freshman year, I was in a humanities class. The girls were excited that I was going to be back to attending lectures as Kylie which was something totally impossible with a class size hovering around 30 for most of my courses. Humanities has lectures two days a week that have around 200 people. Nobody would notice if a guy was missing and a girl was in his place. The problem was that this time around, I had another class that ended only an hour before the humanities lecture started. 
An hour wasn't enough time to make it back to my apartment and change clothes. There was no chance that the girls were going to let me miss out on dressing up for class. So it was decided that I would just have to change and do my hair and makeup on campus. The thought of not only transforming myself into a passable college co-ed, but doing it in a public bathroom and on a time limit was intimidating. Most of the bathrooms on campus were your typical men's and women's rooms with multiple stalls. However, there were two single occupancy unisex bathrooms between my previous class and humanities. One of them opened on a small study lounge that had a tree growing in the middle of it, with the glass windows and ceiling letting in way too much light and heat. It was pretty, but way too uncomfortable for studying. As a result, the lounge was seldom used. So if I was careful, I could avoid being seen. The only thing I really had to worry about was making a convincing transformation. Twice a week at 11.50 a.m., I would duck into the bathroom as a male college student and exit as a female. The big difference this time was that as a freshman, I tried to pass as a girl in class. That meant dressing like the other girls, short skirts, sandals, that sort of thing. No college student goes to class in a dress, pantyhose, and heels. In fact, I had to scrounge together enough casual clothing to fill out my wardrobe for class. Now that I was a junior, the girls had come up with the explanation for me that I was taking the internship that I raced off for after my humanities class. This meant that my duffel bag would be filled with dresses, heels, pantyhose, and the type of clothing the girls preferred, even if it was a bit more corporate than they would have liked. The girls took delight in the fact that they could attend class in shorts and t-shirts as they always had, but I'd be looking like the prim and proper businesswoman or secretary. Even my makeup, though a daytime look, was much heavier than theirs. Also, given the choice between sitting next to a girl in jeans and a top and a girl in heels and a dress, the dress will get much more attention. I always had the seats around me filled with guys. Now that we were further along in our educations, it was harder for the girls to be all in class with me because we were starting to finish our general education requirements and moving on to specialized classes. However, Deanna and Amanda managed to be in the class. They delighted in my discomfort at appearing to be a girl in front of all the students in the class. On the first day of class, I was wearing a red sweater with a black and red tartan plaid skirt, black tights, and a medium black heels. As would become my usual experience, I was the most dressed up person in the class, with the possible exception of one or two of the instructors. Deanna and Amanda arrived after me and sat on either side of me. A tall blonde boy sat in front of me and immediately turned around. Hey Kylie, said the blonde boy who I immediately recognized as Pete. 
There is something about having your first dildo named after a boy that etches him in your memory. Hi, Pete, I responded, and the girls immediately perked up. I can't believe I lucked into another class with you. You're a hard girl to track down, he said. You've been trying to track her down, asked Deanna, smiling broadly. Since last Christmas, responded Pete. The number you gave me didn't work, and you never called me. I'm sorry, Pete. I was going through some stuff, I responded. If you don't want me to bother you, that's cool. I just thought we had a connection, he replied. I felt Amanda's nails digging into my arm. She was trying to send me a message, and I wasn't stupid enough to ignore it. Why don't you give him the number for your landline, Kylie? chimed in Amanda. From that moment on, it was decided that we would always answer the landline in our apartment as Kylie and Nicole. We could use a cell phone for when we needed to communicate with people as guys. But when the landline rang, we knew we could safely answer as Kylie or Nicole. I know that sounds rough, but I was grateful because I hated it when the phone rang and I had no idea what voice to use when I picked up. I liked Pete. He was genuinely smitten with me, but he was never pushy or aggressive. However, I really had no interest in dating men, no matter how hard he tried. Deanna and Amanda agreed that he was a sweet guy and rather good looking too, in an awkward kind of way. They also didn't want to waste an opportunity to embarrass me further, but they didn't want Pete to get hurt. It was weird that Deanna's compassion often came with a price for me to pay. We had lunch together a few times and went to a fraternity party as a group, but I finally had to give Pete the talk. I liked him as a friend. He wasn't thrilled, but he learned to accept the friend zone. In fact, things got a lot better for Pete by spring when he began going out with Amanda. They stayed together through graduation, and if she hadn't terrified me so, I probably would have teased her about going for my leftovers. This was the second time that it happened, after all. While summer had been an experiment in living 24-7 as a girl, I was now attending classes as a guy. However, I was given very limited time to be or feel male. I still had the requirements to wear girls' underwear all the time, and class was about my only chance to be a male in clothes. I ate as a girl, slept as a girl, studied as a girl, and even partied as a girl. One day, however, I was very fortunate to be in my male clothes. I was returning from class just before noon on Friday. I turned the corner onto our block and saw a familiar sight of my dad's car. Now, my dad was a workaholic who hated to disrupt his routine. Of all the fathers in the world, he was probably the least likely to surprise his son by driving a couple of hours on a Friday morning so that he could take him out to lunch. But on that November day, that is just what he did. With a huge knot in my stomach, I opened the door and entered my apartment. There, sitting on our second-hand easy chair, was my father. Sitting across from him on the couch was Nicole. 
She was wearing a white and pink striped dress with pink pumps, nude hose, and full makeup. D Dad, I said, what are you doing here? I thought I'd take you out to lunch, he said. But you have some explaining to do. Dad, it's not what you think, really, I said. I can explain everything. I don't have a problem with you living with a girl. I actually think it makes sense to do that instead of rushing into marriage or something. But I would have hoped you're not some kind of deviant, he said. Deviant, Dad? I asked in shock. He knew. Well, I don't know what else to call it. I thought you had a male roommate. You don't go all and live with a girl before giving your parents a chance to meet her, he said. Meet her, I asked. What's wrong with you, son? Are you just going to repeat every single thing that I say? He asked. Your father and I have had a great talk this morning, Kylie, said Nicole. Look, you don't have to worry about my approval. I would just like to know, since I am paying your rent, who you're living with, explained my dad. You know, you're right. I really blew it, Dad, I said, seemingly contrite. Well, just let me know what's going on in your life. Now, I can change my reservation for two or three. Let's get a good meal. You two are probably sick to death of macaroni and cheese and pizza. You really don't have to do that, Dad, I protested. Nonsense. I want to, and I'm quite enjoying talking to Nicole. I'm glad to see you inherited my outstanding taste. We went to Central Garden one of the nicest restaurants in town. My dad did have good taste in restaurants. We ate very well, but my dad was disappointed to see that he finished 15 minutes before the rest of us, and that I had ordered my filet with a lady cut. You're never going to gain any weight eating like that, said my dad. You're still so scrawny. No, but I'm healthy. I probably just have to hit the weights, I said. Well, I happen to like my men lean and sexy, responded Nicole, as she grabbed my hand. Oh, there it is, said my dad. There what is, I asked. Some affection between you two, he laughed. I think surprise visits put everybody on edge, I said. Sorry if I made you uncomfortable, Nicole. My son is lucky to be dating a girl like you. You're a definite step up from his usual trollop. When we got our bill, Nicole went to the bathroom, and my dad confided to me while placing his platinum card on the table for the waitress to take. You did good, son. She's a looker and a blonde, too. They do have more fun, you know, said my dad. Thanks. I like Nicole a lot, I replied. It's not just the looks, either, he said. She's a really charming girl, and she likes you, I can tell. Just tell me, do you use protection? Dad, I can guarantee there is zero chance that I'll ever get Nicole pregnant, I replied. Just see that you don't, he said, giving me a puzzled look. She seems very intelligent, too. That can be a good thing or a bad thing. How can an intelligent girlfriend be a bad thing, I asked. But we were interrupted by Nicole returning from the bathroom. My dad immediately sprang from his chair, looking at me and implying I should be doing the same. My dad stepped forward and kissed Nicole in the cheek. Take good care of my son, Nicole, 
He's the only one I've got, he said. Nicole reacted kindly, though I know how awkward it was to have a middle-aged man kiss you, mistaking you for a college girl. I'd been through that with the ballroom dance class. We said our goodbyes, and as soon as my dad left, I thanked Nicole profusely. Thank you, thank you, thank you, I cheered. I don't need to tell you that could have gone really bad. I can't thank you enough for playing along. I got a good meal out of it, said Nicole. He surprised me. We were lucky I didn't have class this morning, and I was already dressed up. He does that to people, I said. He loves it. Scared the hell out of me, she admitted. He loves doing that to people, but you obviously knew how to handle him, and I am extremely grateful you did. I owe you big time. I know your dad can be overbearing, but the one thing I noticed above all else was that he cared about you. He might not be the ideal dad you dreamed of, but you're lucky to have a father who loves you and wants you to succeed, she said. I couldn't help getting a little choked up. I didn't want to disappoint him. I knew I owed Nicole a big one now. Later that evening, Wendy was still unhappy with how Nicole walked in heels and tied her to the treadmill again. This was different from the problem Amanda had with me. I kicked off my shoes, but Nicole didn't really mind them that much. Nicole kept her shoes on, but when Wendy wanted an elaborate walk line in lingerie model with lots of hips swaying and Nicole still wasn't there yet, Maybe I thought I could let her out a little early, just for tonight. It was getting near 9 p.m., and I was pretty sure the girls wouldn't be back. I would get a phone call telling me to release her, so it wouldn't cause any real harm. I hit the stop button on the treadmill, and Nicole looked at me in shock. I then helped her off the platform and turned her around so that I could untie her wrist. As she rubbed the circulation back in, she thanked me but it was clear she was a little confused about why I did it. I owed you a big one this afternoon, I said. What she doesn't know won't hurt her. We sat down and watched some movie or another for the next hour. We were like any other two college guys watching a movie on a Friday night, except for the dresses and heels we were sporting. What the fuck? said Wendy as she opened the door to find Nicole untied and relaxing on the couch. Who said you could let her go? Wendy was accompanied by Karen and Sheila, and she looked angry. They were mostly shocked at my rare act of defiance. Get up, you two, said Sheila. We have just the thing for disobedient sissies. Sheila raced downstairs and returned with her sorority paddle. I had been spanked by all the girls, but nobody could deliver a spanking like Sheila. She had a lot of upper body strength for a girl. It was probably from smashing the ball and volleyball. They made us face each other and drop our panties and hose. Wendy held our skirts up as we held hands with each other and prayed that Sheila would mercifully stop. When she did, our behinds were red, and we were blubbering mess of tears. You know, I have just the punishment for you, Kylie, said Wendy, as if the spanking wasn't enough. 
I brought a 4-inch butt plug to help Nicole walk more femininely, and I also got a 6-inch one for when she outgrew it. You're going to be getting the 6-inch one instead. Nicole was already hopping around and shifting her weight as she attempted to get comfortable with a plastic phallus invading her ass. I felt Gina working something cold into my rear, which I immediately assumed was some kind of lubricant. I fought the plug at first, but Sheila grabbed my arm so I couldn't move. It felt so strange to have something penetrating my ass. It felt like the worst case of constipation ever. As I shifted, I got used to it. The plug became a little more comfortable, but not a whole lot. Get used to them, girls, and we'll get you some bigger ones, laughed Wendy. It's nice of you to put a condom on the plug, Wendy, said Sheila. Now they can't say their first time wasn't safe. Those had better stay in until we remove them. By the end of the year, you will be wearing them a lot longer, warned Wendy. The girls turned and left, Nicole and I. We tried to get comfortable. This was yet another indignity we would be suffering. I'm sorry, Kylie, said Nicole. I told Nicole not to worry and began to write in my Tinkerbell diary. I still hadn't realized how my diary was betraying me and giving the girls access to my most private thoughts. I didn't need to tell them how much I hated the butt plug, though. They already figured out I wasn't a fan. We were in March, and spring was right around the corner. I've always been a spring and fall type of person, so I could hardly wait for the warmer weather. College was pretty wild for St. Patrick's Day weekend, and I was looking forward to that when I got a call on the phone. Hi, little sister, said the voice on the other end. I immediately recognized it as Lori. Her voice was saccharine sweet, and I worried about the tone. Hey, Kylie, exclaimed Robin, picking up the extension. Hi, girls, what do you want, I asked. Is that any way to talk to your favorite sister in the love of your life, asked Lori. No, but I get the feeling you're up to something, I said. Now, why would you think such a thing, asked Robin in the same syrupy voice. Call it a hunch, I said. Well, we don't want anything from you, said Lori. We did want to tell you we're coming to visit this weekend, added Robin. I don't think that's a great idea, I said. Of course you don't, but we think it's a terrific idea, replied Lori. And so do Amanda and her friends, added Robin. Will you be staying with them, I asked. We thought about it, but they're a bit cramped, so we'll be staying at your place, said Robin. We really don't have much spare room. We only have the couch, I said. We'll bring my sleeping bag, replied Lori. They had an answer for everything. I could see I was wasting my time arguing. Sure enough, by that Friday, I had our place spotless. Not that I was allowed to be messy. I drafted Nicole into helping me, and together we got things into ship shape. The girls were suitably impressed. They hadn't visited since I was in the dorm, and they were absolutely thrilled with how girlish our living quarters had turned out. Knowing what your homeroom looks like, I can hardly believe it, said Lori. I know, agreed Robin, 
It even smells like a girly girl's room. Hi, Nicole, said Robin. I don't believe we've met. Ah, chante, replied Nicole, curtsying. Nice, somebody taught you manners, observed Laurie. Someone certainly did, agreed Robin, as Nicole curtsied into her as well. I think I'll take Kylie's room, said Laurie. Why don't you crash in Nicole's? That sounds like an excellent idea, replied Robin. Hold on a second, I protested. Relax, said Laurie. I told you that I'd bring you to a sleeping bag. You two can sleep in there. You certainly can't expect us to sleep on the floor. No, you're right, said Nicole. Soon the girls were in our rooms unpacking. I could hear both of them laughing, and I could only assume that it was from looking at just how girlish our rooms were now. I'm sorry, Nicole, I said. Don't worry, Gina has caused us quite a problem, too. An ex with this kind of knowledge is dangerous, she replied. Yeah, but we've got my sister here, too. I don't have a sister, but I'm sure if I did, she'd be up here, too. We're just going to have to make the best of it. I mentioned in a previous book that when I was home over break, Robin and Lori didn't really seem to want their pound of flesh anymore. They appreciated what I had done in talking to my dad and getting him to agree to let Lori go away to college, even getting her a car. They liked to tease me and bust my balls a little, but that was it. However, with Amanda and the other girls exerting peer pressure, whether consciously or not, the girls got swept up in the humiliation. It was only natural. So, when the girls decided we should all go clubbing Friday night, since there were no good fraternity parties, Robin and Lori were thrilled to go. Of course, with the girls egging them on, Lori and Robin insisted on picking out guys they wanted us to dance with. However, let's face it, my sister and ex were much more intent on humiliating me, rather than another guy they didn't even know before this weekend. After they had fun making us dance with guys for a few hours, things started to get a bit boring for them. But it was only eleven. Not seeing anything you like? asked Amanda. Not really, replied Lori. I'm not opposed to hooking up with somebody, but they really have to knock me off my feet, and I don't see anybody like that here. Yeah, I'll admit the pickings can be kind of slim. I'm taking to going out with your brother's hand-me-downs. No way, exclaimed Robin, listening in. He's not a bad-looking girl, and we've trained him well. He can attract his share of attractive guys, explained Amanda. Smart guys, asked Robin. If that's what floats your boat, sure, replied Amanda. Hey, I have an idea, said Deanna. Let's go back to the house and let the sissies provide some entertainment. What kind of entertainment, asked Lori. Some dancing, some singing, and some cheering. Maybe a fashion show, replied Deanna. I would love to see how Kylie's cheering is going, said Robin. That sounds like a plan, said Amanda. Let's get everybody. Soon, I was back in Robin's old cheerleading uniform, performing for my sister, my ex, and Amanda and her friends. I did all the classics like S-I-S-S-I -S 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 -I and Boy or Girl and He or She. That was when I switched to a cheer that Deanna suggested I write for Robin's visit. 
Hey there, Robin. I'm going to do a cheer that's poppin'. You and I used to date, but now you're really doing great. I am too. I'm in my high-heeled shoes. I'm watching cute guys when I masturbate. Of course, Robin was rolling on the floor when I cheered those words for her. It actually took a few minutes for the girls to compose themselves. Robin had nearly fallen off the couch. She was laughing so hard. Bravo! I think it's your best cheer yet, said Robin. She'd know, said Deanna. She's an experienced cheerleader. Oh, I know, said Robin. I can't think of any team that wouldn't be super psyched by your cheering. Totally agreed, Lori. Now how about some karaoke, suggested Sheila. That sounds delightful. Madonna, Brittany, or Abba, suggested Sheila. Oh, Abba for sure, said Lori. Yeah, agreed Robin. This I've got to see. We were out in 15 minutes and lip-syncing to Waterloo. The weird thing was, and I know this goes for Nicole as well as for me, it wasn't humiliating. Not really. It was silly and the songs were fun rather than sexy. There was kind of a teamwork between Nicole and I, and we couldn't help but be laughing and giggling. It was a million miles from the serious sexiness we were supposed to exhibit when doing Madonna and Britney Spears. So that's it for our podcast tonight. Thank you to Mr. DJ for, for stopping by. It makes a big difference. It's just easier to talk to her sometimes than just to talk to a microphone. And we do have big plans for those short audios we were talking about. Thank you to Shayla for just doing an amazing recording of a story that's very personal to me. Uh, you can definitely get the first four parts of the Sissy House Rules uh, online. And uh, I promise, 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 next week there will be new audios. I am going to get those out to the narrators, and they will do their magic. Thanks for sticking with me, and uh, I will be back next Monday. I hope you all be too.